What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates III, and today I'm sitting down with my partner, Miss Cassie DeHaas. How you doing? I'm doing great, partner. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I That was really hard for me not to say Cassandra right out of the gates there. <laughs> Nobody would know who you're talking about. No. For those of you that don't know, her name is actually Cassandra DeHaas, and every now and then, internally i'm like hey miss cassandra what are we going to do about this but i'm the only person that's allowed to say that so today the reason why i wanted to bring you on the podcast is because i don't think you get enough credit for everything that you do here at titanium and how crucial of a role you played on us getting to where we are today we just made the announcement yesterday about Titanium University rolling out. We've done thousands of deals across 49 different states. Um, we've been able to educate, at this point, literally um, thousands of people across the world. Um, you know, it's just we've made a, a huge impact and dent um, on this industry and I get a lot of the credit because of this podcast, because of the content that we put out. And a lot of times when I'm doing that content, you're working behind the scenes to make sure that the things that we actually do to pay the bills are being done. So I want to showcase who you are today, as well as kind of just bring light to some of the critical moments that we've had here at Titanium. So what I want to get started with is, is the moment where you spearheaded us becoming entrepreneurs. So tell that story from your perspective and also just what were you thinking when you said, hey, we should start our own business? So first and foremost, I really appreciate uh, us doing this podcast today. Um, I know that a lot of people out there have been calling for years that do know to hear more of my voice and RJ and I are working on getting that out there. And I think for us, this is the start of that. Um, but I will say this, um, one of the best parts of our journey is that even though you might get more of the social credit, um, like I take ownership of it <laughs> in my mind, in my heart, you know, it's just, it's ours, you know, like we created this and we make the decisions to put our focuses and our strengths to use where we need them in, a, in our business. So I'm excited to start, you know, putting more out there. Uh, there. There's been feeble attempts at doing it in the past, but, you know, I do focus a lot um, on the behind the scenes stuff so that we have the space to do everything that is in our mission, you know, and um, I'm really grateful that we have me to do that. I'm really grateful that we've always had you to do what we have you doing. And, you know, for, for us, this is us, you know, um, and we, we treat our team like that too. And without them, um, I, we wouldn't be able to have me being able to do more of this stuff. So I want to start out by saying that um, second to, <laughs> to go back to that moment in time. Um, it's really crazy because I feel like what I was thinking is, you know, we, you had been a general manager at pizza hut and you decided you were done. And if you guys don't know that story, you should definitely check something out that, that where RJ tells it. Tell, he's told it a few times on 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 the podcast in and of itself. Um, but you were you were done with Pizza Hut, and as long as I had known you, like that was your deal, right? And for me, like I had gone to school, I'd gotten a bachelor's degree, um, and I was considering going back to school. Um, I went through, you know, some big life changes at that time myself. And so I think we've just found ourselves like going, okay, well, what's next? You know, we're still 
I think at the time we might've been like 27 and 28 years old. Um, and I had worked in a bar and restaurant industry myself through, um, throughout college. I started in high school working at Red Lobster and I was just, I was over it. You know, I wanted to be an art teacher and either go back and get my master's so I could get some out of the way, be a professor, do some things like that. I thought about changing to something like being a physical therapist uh, and starting out with my assistant's position in that. And I'd been considering going back to school. I hated being in bar and restaurant anymore. Um, it was good while it was good. And I'm grateful for it. Um, I learned a lot through working in that industry, but you know, I think that you and I were both just like looking at like, what is next? You were working at tour 18 and I don't, I don't even understand what had sparked it, but I had a table that I was serving and this guy was talking about how he was so proud of his daughter and his son-in-law and they started their own business. And I don't even remember what the business was and was telling me about it. And that just somehow like, sat with me. And I think you and I were both just not satisfied and wondering, Hey, what comes next? And I think I worked a double that day and we were sharing my car and you had come to like pick me up or something for my break. And I just said, I think we should start our own business. Like, what does it look like? Like it, in my brain, it's like, even like, even exploring it, even if it was going to supplement our income, you know, it, like it, it would do something because you and I are the kind of people who, uh, when we do something like we're going to figure it out, we're going to make the best of it. We're going to learn something from it. We're going to keep forging that path and, but we're going to try to be pioneers in that space. So we're going to try to be the best at everything that we do. And knowing that about ourselves, um, I would have never in a million years thought to like start my own business unless it was like selling stuff on Etsy that I make or something like that. You know, like that, that was just in my brain, how I was raised. You were raised by entrepreneurs and I, I don't know. It just made sense to me. Um, and What's I think that about you would have never started your own business because I had asked you previously, like you had all of this artwork that you had made. And I was like, why haven't you ever sold this? Like, this is really good. And that's just not where you were. Like, right in, in your oh. journey, it was like, no, I'm doing this to make money. I go and I get a job and I go to school. And then when I, when I'm done with school based off of that degree, that's what you're supposed to do. And, you had really struggled, um, you know, getting a job from the degree. Um, and yeah. essentially, like, that was that was not even a possibility. And and so, yeah, well, there was a lot of frustration for us, right? We're, we're approaching our late 20s. And financially, we were both struggling to the extreme. I mean, um, basically, it was, a, it was a good week if we had enough money to go to the bar twice. Like that was, that was kind of our lives. Like, yeah. do, we have enough, do we have enough to swing like a $30 bar tab? You know I mean? Yeah. And play some pool. Um, that was, that was kind of our lives at the time. And I think both of us were extremely miserable with that. So, you know, you say, Hey, we should start our own business. And, and listen, I'm not going to get like in the weeds of our story there because we've shared it time and time again, but that was like one of the moments where, you said something and it led to so many results after that, right? It spearheaded that. And I think that's one thing that's not told enough about our story is how important your words to me are. And the, the partnership that we have been able to develop from that. Um, another one that I don't think we've ever really disclosed to anybody was 
you came up with the saying, create your own reality. That became the titanium motto, right? That's every single person that came to the crucible had a wristband. It said, create your own reality. Where did that come from? So I think that, um, I think it comes from that origin story, but going further back, because that is our true origin um, as being entrepreneurs in my, in my mind. But I feel like it's, um, it's the reason that I was called to take that leap and make that statement. We should start our own business. And um, for me, you and I were, we are two people that were born that way. And, you know, we're like, nothing is going to stop us. Like we create the reality that we want. We create the life that we want. We, we do that inherently. Like you and I just, we tackle the things that we want in this life and we create the business and we take ownership of our choices and we adjust them when it doesn't get the results that we want. And we, um, we, we truly create our own realities. Now that's, that's either a statement, a reminder, like you do create your own reality, but also like we have a passion for creating the reality that we want and taking ownership and doing the things that get us where we want to go. And it's, it's just so vital to our existence. So for me, um, I just couldn't quite find that to me, it's dual sided, right? Like it's a dual sided statement, which is you and I like, that's what it is. Like, Hey, you create your own reality. So if you don't like something in your life, it's up to you to make the changes to, to get what you want, chase your dreams, create the life, create your life by design. Right. Um, Say that because when you said it, you said, Hey, I think our, our motto should be create your own reality. Initially, what I gravitated to was the the credence behind it where we're going to be telling the people that come into our education programs, like go out there and create your, your dreams, create everything that you've ever wanted. And then fast forward a couple of years into running an education program. What we realized was is, there is always going to be a certain percentage of people that are not going to take the necessary steps and action that is needed to achieve their dreams. And so that dual sided part of create your own reality quickly became, Hey, go out there and chase your dreams and get everything that you ever wanted to. The flip side of that is, is if you're not happy with where you are, that's the reality that you are creating on a daily basis. Yep. What are you doing to change that? And that's where I really fell in love with our motto of create your own reality. Uh, and, and I'll forever be grateful for you saying that. Again, it, there's just so many moments in time where you've said a simple statement and the results from it have been just years and years of of lives changing moments changing mine included and i don't think you get enough credit for that at go back to january 1st 2015 you are running our general contracting business essentially by yourself you're managing the crews you're finishing up the projects that we have i'm all in on wholesaling and I tell you that we are now going to do a completely different business. And essentially what your interaction with wholesaling at this point had been, you had attended the training, but you had not implemented anything. And I had already started 
finding deals, talking to realtors, comping, dispoing deals, building out the packets, talking to title companies, understanding what an assignment and a double close was. You didn't have any of that experience. Talk about the struggles that you had where you and I were not aligned on our implementation and education of this business and how you were able to eventually catch up and match my knowledge and energy for this business. Yeah. Well, that's a really like, I don't think we've ever talked about it that way before. So that's cool. Um, Like I, I will never forget. I think that first and foremost, um, that entire leap of faith, you know, it is based on my faith in us to create our own reality. Right. Like it is based on my faith in us creating a life of abundance for ourselves and for others. Um, and it's just based on, on knowing my partner and knowing like that we are ultimately completely aligned in the ways that matter for us to forge through any of those walls placed before us or whether they're self-placed or, you know, outside placed uh, walls that we have to knock down. Um, so you're, you're coming in hot. You're telling me like, Hey, we're going to shut down record contracting. And one of actually the things that back then, especially, um, doing this entrepreneurial journey, it was really difficult for me to, you know, jump in and tackle things that I just felt very clueless on. Right. Um, I was a very studious person up until this point in my life. Um, I think that for me, it was a lot easier to take action by uh, trying to know everything before I took action, in other words. And um, I was really uncomfortable with, like, it, that's why I was uncomfortable hopping out of the Kia Soul and knocking on that first house, is because I wanted to feel more prepared um, naturally, I'm, I'm just kind of born that way. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with in this industry, um, is kind of changing those dynamics about yourself. It was a huge struggle for me. Um, especially because I was really good at the contracting business. Um, it just, we could not scale it. Um, or we didn't know how to scale it. And, you know, my business partner there is super passionate about, you know, wholesaling real estate. Like if we're going to flip, we're going to flip it ourselves. We're not going to be a contractor for somebody else. Um, and he is just all in on this. And I'm feeling absolutely clueless. I, I can remember not necessarily the specific battles that you and I had, but I remember so many battles occurred that the words out of my mouth were, you don't understand. You have months. You're months ahead of me. Minimum. I don't understand what all of this is. I don't understand what all of this means. And you are not explaining it to me. And I don't know how you have these expectations for me. When you have all this, you know, time you've gotten to put into it, that I didn't. So I'm feeling like, as my father would say, an Easter egg on Halloween, (laughs) you know, I'm feeling lost here and you're giving me no grace. You're just like charging ahead, forging ahead, freight drain RJ, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was so frustrated with you for that because your response to that was nobody taught me any more than you've been taught. And I'm like, I was over here running this contracting business, like keeping the doors, like keeping the bills paid um, so that you can figure this out. Like you can't help me get caught up. And at that time, like it is like you've, you literally physically, mentally, like you couldn't do it. You were, you were just literally a freight train. And so for me to pull you back, I eventually came to realize was not the right thing. 
I eventually came to realize there was it. And at first I just did not understand that. I, I was so frustrated with you because I'm like, come on, bro. Like I'm sitting here expecting you to get me caught up. And so like we can attack this together and you just couldn't. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to start getting really good at some of this. Right. So I, I just crammed to be honest with you. I crammed, I did every bit I could. I took everything I could off your plate. I tried to create processes, systems, keep us organized. Um, tried to make sure that you and I, you know, were implementing stuff correctly. And I, I mean, I was come hell or high water. I was going to catch up with you. And, um, you know, we've had several points like that in, in our partnership that, you know, every time something like that happens where I'm like, RJ, you've been doing this part and like, you'd forget that I don't know because I've been over here doing something else. We've had several of those moments. Um, and I, I would say it's like a very dull moment (laughs) now after how many years? Um, I guess that would be nine years, um, since then. So, but it was, it was very challenging for me. Um, pivoting, like that was like a, you know, getting in and starting the business was less challenging for me than, than that moment was. Yeah. You, you really struggled there. The first couple of months, I remember us having quite a few conversations where the, the way I normally say it is, is feeling like a fish out of water. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you felt that way. You, you didn't understand where uh, it was. It was hilarious because this is how like in the infancy stage of entrepreneurship we were, even though we had been doing it for several years already, you just felt like you were never going to be able to get caught up and you didn't know what your role was going to be. And for as many moments as we've had where you've said something that has led to enormous events, results, life-changing moments, whatever, we've had quite a few moments as well where you have felt something that you were uncomfortable with. And my response to that was, is let's slow down, let's relax, and it will work itself out. And because we did that, like looking back to tell people that we did $750,000 in assignments in our first year, they would never know that the part of that was, is that you were struggling those that first half of that year where you didn't even know, like there was little conversations where you're like, RJ, I don't even know if I should be a part of this. Like, I don't know what value I'm bringing to this. Yeah. And like, I think during that transition, it's so funny because like people, I, I don't think people realize this. Like if you go back to the story, I'm going to fast forward through this part, but we were taught to wholesale off the MLS. We ended up wholesaling a lot of luxury in DFW during that first year, because that's where the real spreads were. We had a lot of contracting experience. So it was very easy for us to run the numbers fairly appropriately coming out of the gates. And I think that's a, a testament like that general contracting business is such a testament to us being able to transition as quickly as we did into a much more uh, lucrative business. But even though we didn't know, God, I look back now and I'm like mortified at what we didn't know and how, how the hell did we, (laughs) how hell we do that? But my point being is like, I recently, I swear it's like been in the last year started telling people about how I, like when we first started, we wrote up, line item scopes for every pro every every property we wholesaled like i wrote up a scope of work my favorite thing that we did early on was not only were we writing up scopes but then you would write a design packet and we would sell that to our end buyers so it wasn't seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in assignments the seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in revenue um, there was a lot of different things that we did there to generate money. Listen, we were we became full-on entrepreneurs. We were monetizing everything, baby. Oh, you need to know what colors to use? Cassie's got you. 
I got your SKU numbers, baby. I mean, and I did because of our previous experience. And I, there is still part of me, like, I don't remember this. And you'll have to tell me right now if this is true or not. I am almost positive that that was not my idea. I am almost positive that both of those things were your idea. And I look back on it and I'm like, that was RJ's way of saying, you do add value, but I'm going to make sure and push you in a direction like that you own that and never claim it. And so like he never claims credit for like a lot of stuff like that, but it's so pivotal into us continuing down on forging that path. Right. Like I was the fish out of water. I was frustrated. Um, and you know, he, he was not going to be able to take the time to like slow down and rewind. And so he's saying like, this is a great way for you to monetize. This is a way, great way for you to monetize and like learn as you are adding more value and making this company more money. And I think that is the origin of where I started realizing something that I say all of the time to everybody in our community, all of our, you know, quote unquote students or people who take our training or whatever you want to call yourselves. We've really got to figure out a name for that because I just don't love the word students, but um, everybody, I say it all the time. You've got to make money while you learn and you've got to figure out how you do that. And you've got to continue to sharpen your, skills and become a master of your craft. And you can only do that in one area of your craft. So like your hedgehog concept as my partner likes to um, reference is nationwide wholesaling. Well, that's what we we teach. And, you know, you, you're not going to be able to learn how to do acquisitions, dispositions, lead generation, TC, you know, like you can't master all of those things at once. So if you're trying to master the A to Z process all at once, like it's going to take you longer. Like you need to be able to do it in such a format that you are learning and sharpening those skills and becoming a master of each one of those steps, but making money as you do it. And I think that that is such a true, you know, underlying theme of our story you know, of our, our entrepreneurship. Um, and I think that that moment, it was like, I didn't even realize it at the time that that's what you were doing. Like, I know, like when we're retelling the story, it seems like very obvious that you, you pushed me in that direction for that reason. But I was just so in the thick of it that, um, and I realized that's what you were doing. I think I thought you were doing something like, oh yeah, this is a need that we have in order to do this because I was that ignorant to wholesaling and real estate in the process that I thought you were just asking me to do something that we needed to be doing. And I don't know that we even knew better or didn't know better at the time. Obviously we don't do that now and it's very much not needed. But at the time, to me, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I I can do that kind of stuff with my eyes closed, <laughs> you know? Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, there is a place for me to, like, generate revenue and add value and learn and catch up at that point in time. So I want to transition to a, a part of Cassie that no one outside of if you've been a part of a project with us or if you've worked for us or, or something along those lines would really know. Um, there have been times over this journey that you have literally not, not the, the, the words because people loosely use like blood, sweat and tears. Like I've, actually seen you like bleed sweat and cry on projects i've seen you literally work on projects all hours of the night the the moment at a flip in fort worth texas where you were 
at the house work doing physical manual labor on the house until 5 a.m. and then being back at the property at 8 a.m. and continuing to work well into the night the next day. Seeing you work on, on like, dude, even to this day, I mean, you will respond to JV emails at midnight, 1, 2 a.m., to make sure that the job gets done, to make sure that your people get taken care of. Why? Because there's no other way. There's just no other way for me to exist. Um, I It's who I am. I It's create your own reality. I'm going to make sure the job gets done. I will do anything. For us to accomplish our mission, exceed our expectations, to have the lives that we want. That's why our team, like, and don't get me wrong, I love our virtual assistants. Uh, Nick and Sema are not local, so it doesn't necessarily uh, apply to that. But it's why we've struggled to have remote employees because I naturally implement and um, I, I apply things like that longer than you do. Um, so I don't want to take away from your ability and my ability to switch places. Like I I'll never take away from that because I think you're just as capable as me and I'm just as capable as you. Yeah. You have strong suits. I have strong suits. I have things I'm not as good at as you are. And it just, there's, that's just nature, right? Um, but we're both, for lack of a better way to put it, we're both fucking powerhouses. And um, I know for a fact that you have been at so many of those late night, like, we got to get the job done moments. Um, but when it comes to certain things, you just are like, eh, before I am. And there are certain things that you do like that, that I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> but, and uh, for a lot of that stuff, like just, there's, there's no other way. Like I'm not, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like we're not going to set up for something and fall short. Like I just won't allow it. And <laughs> I know some people think I'm crazy, but I, I mean, you got to be a little crazy to do what we do at the level that we do it. And I don't know. I think maybe there's a part of me too, um, not to go like on the personal side, but I do think that there is a hint of this that got extremely heightened for a very long time and didn't ever quite get back to like neutral. Um, when my brother passed away, um, you know, I was 23 years old and yeah, uh, when you're that young and somebody that's that close to you is taken from you, like you don't, I don't know how to put it into words. Um, especially when it's like your sibling, like, you know, I had all the, like I had a lifetime of plans with him, you know, and He's my only sibling, and uh, I think that just turned my world upside down. And so many things for a couple of years about my life were very, 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 very extreme. And not like we don't know how much time we have. It's one thing to hear that. It's one thing to say that. But it is one thing when you live that and you realize it at that level. And um, I'm sure, RJ, you can you can uh, appreciate the fact that it's not very. It, it's very well known fact with anybody that knows me, like I like to be extremely efficient. Like I do not like to waste time. I get very in fact it's one of the ways to like get under get me like irritated 
uh, I don't like wasting time. And because we have a finite, it's a finite resource. And um, so everything about, you know, why I do that stuff, it's like, no, we got to get the job done. We got to make money. We got to be efficient. We got to get it. You know, like we're moving on to the next thing. Like we got shit to do. We got goals to achieve. I've got this incredible life to build, like, you know, and I've got this incredible company to build and I have all these people to impact and I have all these amazing goals. And, and I, I don't, I don't do idle, you know, like very well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it creates, uh, creates problems for me sometimes. Like I'll realize like, Oh man, I, I spend like, when's the last time I went on vacation? And then like, I'll realize I'm like neglecting part of my life and, um, how much, how bad, like I'll go on that vacation and realize how badly I needed that, you know, other thing, or I'll go a really long time without doing things that I really love to do. Like I love art obviously. And I love to read or, you know, this, that, or whatever things that like fill my soul up that aren't business related. Um, and I'll realize like, oh my gosh, like I actually need that as a human being to be a whole human being. And I've neglected things like that, you know? So, I mean, but I guess maybe there's just no switch for me until the job is done. So you brought up your brother passing away. So let's transition and talk about a struggle that both you and I have. Um, and it's with our families. Um, so you and I have been doing this now on our own. You know, we went into our late twenties struggling, not knowing what we were going to do with our lives. And then you said, let's be an entrepreneur. And then we decided that we were going to create our own reality before we even had that as a motto. We've been living it. We have run a multiple seven figure business from nothing, literally from nothing. We have created a podcast. We've created a YouTube channel. We've created a following. We've created a second education business, seven-figure education business. So now not only are we running one seven-figure business, we're running multiple seven-figure businesses. And to be quite frank, here we are on our podcast that's been in existence for now going on seven years. There's a solid chance that no one in our family will watch this, that no one will consume this. There is a chance that, you know, uh, people in our family, they, they don't even know what's going on in our lives. Um, that has always been a constant struggle for you and I um, consistently where it's almost it feels disrespectful. Um, how have you dealt with that? Because I know that that has been a struggle for you where it's like you were so far in the ditch where it was like your choice was to go back to school and figure something else out, which mm -hmm. that would have been through the support of the government giving you a loan struggling by working inside of the bar and restaurant industry to maybe pay half of your bills to go more into debt to then hopefully get a job. Instead, you said, fuck all of that. And you went out and you created your own reality. And I know that there's parts of our family that are proud of us. They say that. Here's the facts for anyone out there. Words don't mean shit. Actions do. Okay. So, how have you dealt with that? Because for what, from where we came from to where we are today, man, it's, I mean, fuck, we had our own TV show. We had our own TV show. I mean, I, I can, I, I think maybe I got a couple of text messages and, and maybe a call from like a family member. That was like it. I mean, how have you dealt with that? Um, so. This is, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that I don't really do. And, uh, 
I'm just going to be brutally transparent about this because I feel like this is something that will help somebody out there um, a lot because I, I feel like this is a common experience for people in our shoes. So if any of my family does get wind of this and end up watching it because of what I'm about to say, I Welcome love Welcome to the show. Nice of you to join us, finally. We got seven years of good things, we say. Um, <laughs> look, at the end of the day, I still struggle with this. And no matter the realizations that I come down to, it is like probably a psychological thing. It's a deeply rooted thing. It's like my inner child cannot help but not struggle with this. Um, I wasn't a psych major, but that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> um, my inner child will always struggle with this, struggle with this. Um, I feel like an outsider. I feel like an outcast in my own family and it is what it is. I'm not going to cry, even though I'm probably going to cry. Um, <laughs> but I do. It's very lonely when the people that are supposed to be the most celebratory of your success. Um, just don't get it. And I, I know that my family will tell me that they're proud of me, um, but they are so completely uninterested. And I think that there's like, even when we had the TV show, I think that moment was so heartbreaking because I was like, I'm finally doing something that they are going to understand what we've built. And who cares, who cares about the thousands of houses and the students and all that? Wait, you got two guys with a camera following you around in one of your houses and we're going to put it on a bullshit network that no one watches anyways. Now you've made it baby. Like that was the thought, right? I, I will say, I feel like they were more into it than like any of the other stuff that we'd done. But even then, I was still so disappointed in like their reaction to it, you know? Um, but I do have one saving grace and I, I will say this. Uh, my mom is our biggest fan. My mom is our biggest supporter. She tells me every time we interact what an incredible human I am, how proud of me she is, how she cannot believe that her kid like, is so smart and brilliant. She is always saying similar things about RJ. She has said the words, this was ordained for the two of you. Um, you're like unbelievable. Like she sees it. She understands it. Like she can't stop being so incredibly grateful that this is our life. She couldn't want more for us than to be doing what we're doing. She feels like, this was what we were made to do and she sees it and she understands it and she asks about it and she's curious about it and she's proud of it. And like, she's RJ's on closers Olympics. She's texting me. She's like, how's it going? How's he doing? You know, da, 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 da. you know, cause she didn't buy a ticket, but she was like, like, she doesn't really do the technology stuff either, but she knows still like she, like she wouldn't miss an, episode of our tv show she's like where like i'm watching it with you right like i'm coming we're having a party right like <laughs> like that she has been probably what has helped me through the rest of it and i mean other than my partnership with you and and how we can relate on those things like she's been an outside family member that's given me like such you know, and I want to give her a lot of that credit, such support. And she's so uplifting and encouraging. And, you know, when we're struggling or something doesn't go the way we plan, you know, she is just, I mean, she's just our biggest fan. She's our biggest fan. 
She, and she has always supported us and and she's been a part of our company at different points in time. Um always been a supporter and and listen, the the love that Nikki has showed us through the years um and, and she's definitely not a part of what I'm talking about there. But again, this is one of those things that when you go out and you do what we do. I mean, when you have to announce to your family that I am believing in myself, that I'm going to support myself for the rest of my life. And they tell you to go get a job at BNSF or Lockheed. They don't, you know? they don't get it. The majority of people do not get it. And, and I've said it over and over and over again. Being an entrepreneur is one of the loneliest things in this world because the facts are you can have an entrepreneur buddy and you could go to them and you could talk to them, but the struggles that you're feeling inside of your business might not be the struggles that they're feeling inside of their business. And so because of that, sometimes it's really difficult to align and find someone to even communicate. Yeah. Like share with I think also, like, I really want to add to that, like, because they they just don't understand. And number one, I've never told them. I've never told them how it makes me feel. Um, you just did. No, I didn't. <laughs> Not unless Facts. I send them the link. Let me, let me send them the link and then we'll see. Um I don't want to hurt them, but you know, the reality of, of it is, is it's broken my heart over and over and over for this entire journey. Um, and it, it did a number on me for a while where, you know, it goes further than that. It's like, sometimes it's like my family treats me like I should have all the availability in the world because I run my own business and I'm like, And then sometimes they like won't even invite me to things because they just are like, and and when I ask them about it, they're like, well, we assume you're too busy or you're working. Um, You know, they've expressed things to me like they don't know that what we're doing is worth it because like it, because it works so much. And it's like, you just, they don't understand. Like this is not work to me. This is life. I have to do this. Yeah. So when you ask me, like, why did I stay up till 5 a.m. on that project and get back at 8? Like, I went home, rinsed off, got coffee. <laughs> like, <laughs> probably got glasses because my contacts were trying to crawl out of my eyes. Um, you know, like, woke up and got back at it. Um, I can't not do it. And... I will never give up on this company. I will never give up on our journey. Like I will never give up on our mission. Like, and I've said this before, like if I did go get a job somewhere and I had to do that, it's a very temporary thing. Like I will never not like, I will fight for this for forever. And so they don't ask questions because they don't understand what that is. They don't understand what that's like. They might love their job. Like so many members of my family, you know, like they love what they do. And I'm very proud of like, for example, you know, um, my dad, I love what his career, he's retired now. I love what his career was for him. You know, I'm very proud. I'm very grateful for all the lessons he's taught me. I'm very grateful for the things that he instilled in me that make me who I am today Uh, or a part of it anyways. And um, I will never take away from that for him. I'm very proud of what my dad did. Um, You know, but that for some reason, like, I don't know. I just also know he just does not get what it is to have this fire inside of you to, for what you do to light your soul on fire. Like I know that he does not get like, I have to do this. Like there's no turning back. Like I have to do this. So I think that that helps a lot. Um, I think obviously having you as my partner and having my mom that supported me 
um, helps a lot, but yeah, it's still, it still stings sometimes. Like it's, you know, um, you feel very unseen by the people that you love and it does. I I'm just going to be honest. Um, like I love my family. When I spend time with them, I, I get really like attached to the things like we do have, you know, that bind us, like whether it's commonalities, like some, my, some of my family is so funny. Like I love spending time with them when I do, but, uh, you know, I, there, there's, there's always just going to be this field of unrelatable, like space between us, I feel like. And that's sad for me a little bit, but I don't know. I feel like maybe like a lot of people, that, that don't have that kind of same separation, they end up feeling that way about a lot of their family as adults anyways. Like it's not what you always expected it to be, or I don't know, maybe that's just a little bit heightened in our experience. So last question, then we're, we're going to wrap this up. I think this is probably the most important question because I think this is a struggle that specifically female entrepreneurs have, which one of the things is, is you and I don't like to talk about male and female entrepreneurs. It's just you're an entrepreneur. Um, we've never looked at it that way. But however, other people have categorized us because I have male genitalia and you have female genitalia. It's amazing. Apparently that means... Um, I'm good at closing and you're good at comping and you're good at paperwork and I'm not. I mean, that's just the natural assumption. Um, the other part about this is, is that um, people that don't know you because maybe you're not on social media as much as I am automatically assume who you are as a person because of me. And, and they also, because they, you know, these words that I hear, these are, these are words that people say about me, like RJ, you're this big intimidating presence. You have this boisterous personality that, you know, is, is somewhat intimidating and, and then they meet you and they want to put you in a box. Um, they want to say, Cassie, this is who you are, Right. This is what role you play. They want to say, I, I read the book Traction, so clearly RJ is this and Cassie is that because that's what these books say. How, what would you say to other female entrepreneurs that have the male partner that might be the face what would you say to them about the struggles that they feel when they're put into a box and they're told this is who you are when maybe that's not who they are? Um, well, that's actually an incredible question. And uh, I take it very literally because I could talk about this subject for a minute, actually, at this point in time, because I'm just so sick of experiencing certain things about it that um, I didn't ever care. It's just like when people would put up that box around me, I'd just like karate chop out of it. Like, I'm not here for this. Like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> you know, like, I'm here to do what I have to do. You can put me in a box if you want, but I'm not staying in it. Um, I would just say, well, speaking of pivotal moments or things that I say or whatever, uh, you do you. Be yourself. Fuck what anybody else has to say or categorize you at. at the, on the other hand of it, I know that feeling like when somebody's like, you're RJ's wife, you're RJ's assistant, you're RJ's realtor, you're RJ's designer. I'm RJ's partner. And I, I have, like, oh, it happens. Oh, on that note, you have literally been introduced on stage as each one of those. I yes. mean, it is so fucking ridiculous that literally we are at an event to speak at and the people do, like 
they don't care enough about Cassie because she is quote unquote one of those things. Oh, you're just the arm candy, right? I mean, you're the wife, you're just the designer, you're just a realtor. I mean, you, this is this is who you are, and they put her in that box. I mean, it's literally, I mean, dude, I have I've literally gone on stage and like thrown my belts down because I was so fucking pissed off at how Cassie just got introduced when we were walking up. And been like, is that was that for real? So if you've been at one of those events, leave a comment. Love to hear about one of those experiences. But I've literally been like, well, that's just not the case. This is my partner, Cassie Das. Like, show her the respect. It's it's crazy. Um, you know, I I have tended to always just like barrel over it. Um, but that is always been with the knowledge that they may not know, but they will. Could you imagine if we were at an event, Eric Klein, big, big presence came out of nowhere. Everyone knows the sales goat, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's got a great social media following. Could you imagine if they introduced Eric and Tony on stage as, Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet. We got Eric Klein and his husband, Tony. It's what they do. They do it to me all the time. It's like, what What was that bullshit? But why? So, what, what, do so, you, what do you say to the woman who's out there saying, I feel that. I've got a male partner that everyone looks at and says, clearly because he's the man, he's got to be the shot caller. He's number one. What do you say to that woman? Um, I I just say to them that there's a way, and at least for me, my way is um, those people will be eating my dust. That I, I mean, I'm sorry, but they'll be eating my dust. I don't have to be loud about it. I don't have to be angry about it. In fact, I laugh about it. I'm not going to say it's never gotten to me, um, but I'm not going to do it in a certain way. Like I'm not going to be, because one of the things that like, I really dislike is when people focus so much on like an inequity or they focus so much on um, a problem that it takes them off of their mission and takes them off of their focus. And it takes them off of what they're trying to achieve. So for me, like I say that to you, remember what you're there to do because I'm there to create something, a change for somebody else's life. Like the right people are going to magnetize the fact that I'm a fucking master at my craft. Like I literally, like I've said it before, the only person that can stand toe to toe with RJ because he's the best is me because I'm the best it's ours. And, you know, I don't need everybody in the world to know it. I don't need the recognition. Um, and yeah, I feel disrespected a lot of the times. Um, I don't need to be loud about it. I don't need to be angry about it. It's not a struggle. It's not a fight. It's something that will take care of itself within time. Well, I can promise I, I you that. I got a question for you on that. So Barbie number one movie of 2023, Ryan Gosling got nominated for Best Actor. Mm. Margot Robbie was not nominated for Best Actress, and the female director was not nominated for Best Director. So there was a lot of people that saying that they were snubbed at the Oscars, and it was sexist. Now, that was kind of weird because Margot Robbie obviously missed out to other female actresses, right? So that was a little bit weird that they said it was sexist. But my question on top of that was, we had this question in the, the latest part in the disruption, was what is more important? Is it results or is it recognition? Because Barbie was the number one movie. So the world said... 
you're the best movie. More people swipe their little credit cards to see that movie than any other movie. So they got the results. But there was this uproar about the fact that Margot Robbie and the director did not get the recognition. So as an entrepreneur, what are we, what, or as human beings, what is more important to us? Results or recognition? So I think for me, um, and I talk to you about this a lot of the time, uh, we're very fortunate in this regard and on this topic that we're in an industry where, you know, we have an overlap there. Like the recognition that you get impacts me. And when we do have this space and it's time for me to get out there and get just as much recognition, then um, that's going to reach a demographic and expand our reach and expand our impact in a way. Absolutely. But it isn't mandatory for us um, or it hasn't been mandatory for us. Um, And we can, we have the, the grace to pull the trigger on that when, when we're ready as a company. Uh, I feel like the 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 Barbie thing is a little bit different, right? Because they get more roles and so on and so forth. Um, but okay, hold on, on that, hold on. That was an argument that I think Leon Barnes made on that. Well, let me finish. Let me finish because I feel like Margot Robbie is not going to not get acting jobs because she didn't win that award. She's already been fucking Harley Quinn and Barbie. I mean, my God, what like, else? Come on, she's incredible. Oh, she's done a lot more than that, and she's great, right? Well, so, I mean, those are like, like two iconic characters that sure. any woman would like, die, especially an actress, would die to play those roles. And she's got to do those. And she's an incredible actress. She's one of yeah. the most beautiful women on the planet. Like, dude, yeah. that little award was not going to get her some role that she is not going to be able to earn herself. I know, but at the same time, I I understand it to a degree in like that field, like, you know, you're hoping to win the award. It's like, does your team making it to the Super Bowl and losing the Super Bowl feel as good as if you win the Super Bowl? No, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I, I get it, but I also like. It's like there. What actor was it? Was like Leonardo DiCaprio, where he had so many incredible roles and like he never won. Whatever. I don't even. He got snubbed again. He literally got snubbed again. Yes, he had an incredible movie. Um, I can't remember the name of of it, but essentially he got snubbed again this year. So, and and I'm not big on this. This is just because it was a part of yeah, me either. And (laughs) and I I just I found it incredibly. thought provoking especially considering the fact that i have a female partner like i think about these things all the time and facts of the matter are cassie here's what i said like when we because the the twist of that getting back to business and real estate on that question was is how can more women be involved in real estate And, and for me personally i think there are a lot of women involved in real estate investing not real estate okay because there's yeah. a lot of women that are realtors, but in, in the investing side of things, I think there are quite a few women, but I don't think women do a good enough job of putting themselves out there on social media to point the thing, like point the spotlight to them and say, look what I'm doing. Right. And, and in, inevitably they don't get as many of those like spots that end up on social media. Like I don't. And I am legitimately like top tier. Like I don't even know what to compare myself to. Like, you can't be upset if you don't get an opportunity in comparison to a man that has gone out and posted fifteen hundred videos. That's not correct. That's not correct. I can. I can. Because sometimes it is frustrating. Because that's something I've had to sacrifice with having a male partner and us not having the bandwidth to do that. I can get frustrated about it. Like, and I have, you know that, like I've been frustrated about that um, because, you know, for me, I get to impact more people. 
if I have that, right? Um, that's quickly replaced by the fact that I still get to impact so many people through you, with you, right? I'm not frustrated like that I don't have people on social media like tell me I'm the greatest chick in real estate. Like I'm not frustrated about that, right? Um, and I don't care about that. Um, it is frustrating when I get introduced as your wife on stage as if I'm like some kind of like, if I, as if I'm up there as some like, I don't even know how, like the word I'm looking for is I'm up there as like a bonus person. Well, the, like, right. Our, the only reason why you would be on stage is because yeah. like your accolade is like, to give an example, how am I introduced? I'm introduced as the king closer. The greatest yeah. of all time. As my wife or my realtor or my designer or uh, other times it just flat out. They don't even know how to introduce her. So they say, Casey Dehas. I mean, and it's like, what? Her, her name's Cassie. Like, you didn't even know what her fucking name was? Like, my God. And uh, for all of her family that's not going to watch this, it's clearly pronounced Dehas, not Dehas. Okay. <laughs> uh, listen, partner, uh, we've, we've kept the people too long. I try to keep them there an hour. We're an hour and six minutes, but we're, we're going to have to do this again sometime and dive into some like uh, tactical stuff. <laughs> Listen, in 2031, I'll let you back on. Okay. Seven more years. I'll let you back on. No, I'm just playing. Uh, it's not the first time you've been on here, but uh, it's the first time we talked about a lot of these topics. Yeah, um, I love that. I, I love it. And uh, I love you. Um, I'm, I'm so honored and, and just grateful to have you by my side um, every single day. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do on a daily basis without having you here as a part of this team, as being the foundation to our business. And, uh, listen, I told you this a long time ago, I'm going to change it a little bit, but together we are titanium. Twat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The best part about that is, is I thought I stopped it and I totally missed it. So twat's making the podcast. <laughs> Man, a long time ago, I said, together we are everything. And then I just said, together we are titanium. Dude, we're getting shirts that say twat. Yes. There's no better way to end this podcast than we're twat. See you later. <laughs>